Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, two cool dads, and two struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. Struggling teachers is right. William Johnson, seventh grade Ooh. teacher. Yeah, Don Shanahan, K-8 computers, right there with you. Um, we're damn glad to have you. Folks, this is all for tangent's sake. We're shared passions and high fives to wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and Hissy Fit is on. For this episode, we're going back to our deep cuts, second format here. So we're not going to have the bell. We're not going to have the timer. We're not going to have too much of a fight. Although I don't know if we're, it depends on how our feelings of our actor are going to come out here a little bit. But for this episode of Deep Cuts, we're going to talk about the career and the the wide ranges of projects from Woody Harrelson, three-time Oscar nominee. Yes. So Woody Harrelson was recommended for this show by Will Johnson. as He's a big favorite of his. And uh, our format, like I said, loosens. No timer, no bells. We're going to kind of do some loves and some hates on some roles that we like, roles we don't like. But at the same time, our kind of praise is shared and our conversation is shared. Uh, the timer is off. At the same time, um, our goal, like I said, with the theme of the show is to kind of do deep cuts, not kind of bring out the obvious. So, for Woody Harrelson, right. there's definitely some places to go because he has done a lot. He certainly has. Now, the reason why I brought him up is I, I've talked about this before. Um, people who know me, you guys know I'm a Marvel head, and I, I read a lot of comics before I became a big Marvel movie fan. Um, two characters I hate, hate, um, are Venom and Carnage. Mm. Um, mm. But here's, here's the deal. Uh, there are two actors in my life that I, I will watch anything they do. Uh, I would say two prolific actors that I'll watch anything they do because I'll always watch a Harrison Ford or whatever. Sure. Uh, An Anthony Mackie and Woody Harrelson. Like, I have to watch what they Anthony do because... Anthony Mackie and Woody Harrelson. Those are your not Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock 2. Oh, I have watched some really bad Anthony Mackie movies. I was going to say, I, yeah. You're, but, you're uh, a dedicated man. I just, I just like Anthony Mackie, and I feel like if he's in it, he's going to bring something to it. But that is, and, and to, to get back to my point about Venom and Carnage, um, I did not see the Venom film. A lot of people are always shocked. They're like, "How? it's a Marvel film. How did you not see it? I'm like, because I hate Venom. Um, but here's the deal. I guess I found out just recently that Woody Harrelson is on the end credit scene of that film, uh, and now he is going to be the main villain of Carnage uh. in the new film that's coming out within a month or by the time this episode airs might be out venom let there be carnage and god damn it i mean it's like a, a rock and a hard place it's like do i want to see my least favorite characters or do i want to see woody harrelson and uh wow. i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick woody in the end uh i will go see venom let there be carnage and because of that that means i'm gonna sit down and watch fucking venom so that is how much i love woody harrelson that's why okay. i recommended him for this episode because I think he is one of the most, I'm not going to say unappreciated. He's got Oscar nominations. He is a star. People see mm -hmm. movies with him in it. But I don't think people truly appreciate how much of a chameleon he is. Like yeah. how he can be in, I think you mentioned, like we were looking through his filmography, but like he'll be like in five movies in one year. Amazing. And, yeah. and he'll do completely just crazy um transformations um it's true and and i'm gonna i'm gonna get started first well here let me uh, kind of come at with with woody here where i yeah. admit i'm that person you're probably characterizing who 
did, you know, looking through the filmography today, I'm like, there's a lot of holes of a lot of things I have not seen because I, I don't gravitate to Woody. I, I, there's parts of me that for probably, and I, parts of me for too long felt he just kind of played the same aw shucksy fuck up all the time. Mm, only, and, only, I know, no, 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 I agree. But like, I, I was, I was conditioned to think that was him for way too long mm-hmm. where it's just, he's, you know, he, he played a character on Cheers who was a doofus named Woody. His name is Woody. Like, I, I, I pigeonholed him to just be that guy. But for him to have the prolific career he's done and to have the range that he's done, he has he has changed my mind through his work. But at the same time, I'm behind on a ton of his work where I oh, am yeah. that per- I am that person who underappreciates him because I, I, I'm still stuck on when I see him in a movie. It's just going to be, don't get me wrong, he's got range to twist it. But at the same time, he's either going to be the screw loose, the fuck up, or the raging crazy person. Now, don't get me wrong, make that money, cash those paychecks, take those roles that enable you to have that kind of fun. But at the same time, I'm always wondering, gosh, why can't we get a little more? And I feel like those are where the holes are. I'm missing the things where he gives us more. Well, and I'm going to give some examples uh surrounding one of my picks and uh, just bear with me with this, but this is, this is the same thing. I think Joe Pesci goes through. I think people forget that Joe Pesci can be utterly terrifying in Goodfellas, but he can also be completely harmless, like in lethal weapon two or home alone, or he can mix it in home alone. Yeah. Like, I think he's made shittier movies than Woody, which is why it's went by the time we do gone fishing. Like he's made some dog (laughs) movies. Joe Woody luckily hasn't made that many absolute duds no no no. and i'm not comparing it like that what i'm saying is is that i think uh, people when they think of joe pesci they forget that he can be harmless and goofy and he can be in children's movies you know and he can also be scary and the guy says fuck a lot in the in the gangster movies yeah i think i think woody actually works the same way i was looking through so i'm just looking at i'm looking at 2006 Okay. To 2009. Okay. So these yeah. are some of the movies he was in during that time. He was in like a hundred movies between that time. I know. But, he, but here oh. are some of the range of movies he was in, in terms of characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. A Prairie Home Companion in 2006, he played a country singer. Okay. Right. A Scanner Darkly, he played kind of that manic drug addict nutso. Yep. Uh, no Country for Old Men. He played a very straight laced bounty hunter. Um, semi-pro a will ferrell <laughs> comedy where he played yep. the straight he played the straight man mm-hmm. in it uh surfer dude with his pal matthew mcconaughey where he is basically like the weeded out uh crazy like uh agent of matthew mcconaughey right mm-hmm. and then in 2009 after all these weird roles and different roles he does the messenger which i think is mm-hmm. one of his three oscar nominations and to me, one of his picks, because I don't think people really remember that movie, but to me, I that agree. is one of his understated, um, like, you can I think it's the best thing the emotion. he's ever done. Period. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't go that far because I think that he's done a couple other things that are really great, but All right. uh, it's one of the best because it is, when you, when I list those other movies, there is kind of a wild card character to it, and, there, and it is mostly leaning on comedy. Um, maybe not no country for old men, but um, right. And a, scan- a scanner darkly is it's more of a like uh you know funny in the midst of madness, 
But yeah, yeah, those yeah. are all completely different performances. And then you get this Oscar nominated performance where he's got everything boiling inside him. Everything is inside his soul. He's very, mm-hmm. for those who don't know what the messenger is, cause I don't think it's a very popular movie. It is um, sure not. He plays a character. He's kind of the experienced, uh, I don't know what they are, army or Marines or whatever, but uh, I don't know what branch the, of, of the military they're in, but basically him and uh, US Army. Ben just to, yeah. Ben US, Fo- Army. US Army and Ben Foster, you're right. Ben Foster uh, is kind of this rookie at this job where they have to go tell families that their loved one has died in the wars abroad. Um, and I mean, that's harrowing enough, but then you also kind of learn about these characters. You learn how damaged they are from their experiences, their expectations of what they should be, what a, what a man should be, what a military man should be. Um, you know, <coughs> so it's an understated boiling performance, um, that was just excellent. And, um, I, I, so I picked the messenger as one of my understated ones. I know he was nominated for an Oscar for it, but I show it in comparison within that four year stretch. I mean, if you, I, I think on Instagram a while back, I put a picture of, I put a picture of Woody Harrelson in surfer dude next to a picture of him in the messenger. Yeah. And it's like two different people. And oh, that totally. is the essence of an actor to me. No, you're saying it with the it, chameleon stuff because you, I mean, even after that in 2009, it's zombie land in 2012 where he's yeah. screw loose conspiracy theory guy. And then the most, you know, the funniest redneck you're ever going to meet in a movie. So, Oh yeah. And then shortly after that, my second pick is Rampart. Uh, have mm. you seen Rampart? I have not. That's a hole for me. So Rampart is, <clears throat> it, it's, it's not really about, the Rampart stuff that happened in LA, you know, where there was, um, yeah, loosely uh, based now. Yeah. Re- like renegade cops that, um, you know, were often racially profiling and yeah. Yeah. Causing a lot of issues. But, uh, and this goes to the Joe Pesci effect is there's movies where you'll have Woody Harrelson be, um, completely harmless and kind of the goofball, you know, like who gets beat up all the time. And then you'll have him in movies like Rampart or he did this one movie with, um, uh, Christian Bale, I think it's out of the furnace. Yep, where he's, the one. he's he's just jacked and scary, and uh, you know, even in the Planet of the Apes, the third one he did, where he's the main villain, it's like, yep. yeah, he has this ability to like, you know, you might expect him to be funny because he's Woody from Cheers, but then he he gets these dark, and Rampart is one of these where he's very dark and frightening, and he, he's unpredictable. He, get, he really gets lost in the roles. And that's why I think he's a great actor that doesn't get the appreciation because Rampart in particular, um, you know, it's, it's like a fever dream. Like he never sleeps, he never eats. And he's this cop on the edge. He's got two wives. He's like in a polygamous relationship. Uh-huh. And, and there's moments where he'll break down where he'll start eating like crazy because he hasn't eaten in like three weeks and then he'll start vomiting and, they'll have sex with prostitutes and just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, it's like one of the most Paul Schrader films that's not directed by Paul Schrader. <laughs> I yeah. actually think it's the same director and writer as the messenger. So it has kind of that very gritty. Yeah, been, I think Ben um, Foster back in there. Let's see here. Um, he is directed by yep, Oren Moverman and Oren Moverman did. Yep. He did the messenger. He did Rampart and he since has done. 
uh time out of mind the dinner a couple different things like he's a, he's a more he's done more writing and producing than he's done directing but he's a so- solid guy i think of him from or at least Oren, the guy uh love and mercy the john cusack uh beach boys one very good mm-hmm. yeah no for for me i know this isn't a deep cut i guess it's deep because of age but I get well. I guess I called the messenger the best thing he's ever done. I probably have to re, I have to rescind that and say it's the people versus Larry Flint for me. I mean that what a towering lead performance in a movie yeah. that is radioactive that you could that you couldn't make today. Hell, you couldn't even make it in the nineties. Even the nineties was freewheeling and amazing for this. But that's that's such a huge lead performance where I did not see that coming out of him. I know because in those four years before it. That was kind of like his breakout. That was white men can jump, you know, the, mm, the schlub film. husband. Oh yeah. But he's the schlub husband in indecent proposal, natural born killers. Of course, kind of everybody's in it. Cause it's an Oliver Stone movie. And then you have like the cowboy way and money train where like, Oh, all right. It, this is where we're going to be with Woody Harrelson. Like it's, he's going to be the, the B actor next to other guys, just having a good time kind of movies. And then he uncorks the people versus Larry Flint. And I'm just blown away. Well, what a what a yeah. what a stud performance! What an amazing thing! And full biopic, full epic, a dream of a part that guys today would kill for. Well, and you know it's funny because you know he finished filming Cheers in '93. Okay, yeah. So I remember uh, there was this Cheers finale. Um, it's it, it's kind of infamous. Jay Leno filmed at the Cheers bar. Uh, uh-huh on the last day when the, when the uh, final episode premiered and it's kind of infamous because all of the cheers actors are blitzed. Like you can watch it on YouTube. They are, (laughs) they are drunk out of their minds. Uh They're crazy. And Jay Leno is actually trying to have an interview and no one's taking it seriously. But at one point Jay Leno asks, like, Hey, what are you guys working on now that the show's over? And uh, Woody Harrelson says, Oh, I I'm on the set of an Oliver Stone movie. And this is kind of when Oliver Stone still had an edge, you know? Yeah, um, and all the ca- and all the castmates. I remember like uh, George Went and uh, Ted Dance were like, "Ooh, big shot!" You know, in your Oliver Stone movie. Uh, you know, they're all drunk razzing each other. But you got to hand it to Oliver Stone because uh, I think people forget this. You know, Cheers ends in '93, and Natural Born Killers comes out in '94, and you're like, "This is Woody from Cheers." You know what I mean? Like, no. it, it's how did how did Oliver Stone see that? You know what I mean? I know because like, if all your sample size was like Wildcats and Cheers, I don't know how you get that. Yeah, because right, same here. Because White Man Can't Jump is a fantastic film. I love him in that movie. Yeah, I, I think him simple and, movie. You know. It's a simple movie, and plus it's it's a comedy basically. Yeah. And so he's at that point, you know, he's doing White Man Can't Jump. He's still on Cheers, so he's mm-hmm. not like reaching for the stars in terms no, of no, you know, going for something different. Indecent Proposal comes out the same year Cheers ends. That is a very more dramatic performance. He's, yep. he's a very a lost step. soul in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a step. Uh, but then keeping on this trend of mm-hmm. him just taking these roles, like I'm going to look at everything leading up to People vs. Larry Flint. So he does The Cowboy Way with Kiefer Sutherland where he plays yeah. a oh, country he cowboy. He does sure. Natural Born Killers. Then he does kind of a basic – uh white man can't jump reunion with money train kind of a cat yeah. check obviously like a check cashing action movie sure. um 
Then he does a- another comedic role that is against the Woody type is Kingpin. I don't know if you've ever seen Kingpin. I love Kingpin. Um, but Kingpin hilarious. is freaking hilarious. And it is such a gross movie. And him and Bill Murray in that movie are uh-huh. so disgusting. Yes. Um, <laughs> but see, that's comedy in a different realm. Like, that's not uh-huh. wholesome Woody from Cheers. Uh, that's Fairly Brothers stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he does People vs. Larry Flint. And you're like, holy shit, like this guy... Uh-huh. knows how to freaking act like you know like it's not that he wasn't a good actor because he's my favorite character next to fraser from cheers um, yeah but uh, but of all the people from that show he you know he, he was the he was the sidekick yet he's right. the biggest thing to come out of that show with all of the other people in that show who've gone on i mean i guess ted danson is the tv king like he just keeps showing up in series is not doing guest things but still doing lead things and he's you know, he's sure. great. And, and Kelsey's done a bit of everything, but you have to say Woody is the most successful person to come out of that show. Oh, no, no. Because, yeah, Ted Danson tried the movie thing. Uh, he had a yep. couple of decent things. He had a very, very Oscar Beatty movie with Jack Lemmon called Dad. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. Yeah. And we were we were talking about Backdraft having a manipulative score. Watch uh-huh. fucking Dad, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but he also had, like, what was the one he did with Whoopi Goldberg in the middle of their affair? Oh, uh, right. It was like a... Well, yeah he just he, i don't know he what did, it was called but it was it was it was like you said manipulative weak playing on their relationship it wasn't very yeah good. and then you know i mean you could say that um uh what's his name uh cliff has the best career because he's in every pixar movie so therefore he's making yeah, bank right. but uh you know not the same but uh no no yeah th- there's no doubt uh that he came out of it probably i mean kelsey Grammer. He had a couple of movies, like I remember he had like Down Periscope, yeah, and sure. stuff like that. But he and mainly of course, became Frasier, a, but yeah, well, Frasier. But he also now he's kind of like a you know Expendables three money plane. Yeah. He's he's not going to lead your film. No, no. Uh, Woody, Woody is, is gonna, out here still crushing it. Woody can can lead a film. He can be a he can be a side character. He can have right. cameos. Like he's one of the. I, I'm not a big No Country for Old Men fan. Me neither. But, He's only in like two scenes, but I love those two scenes because he's those great. Those two scenes are damn, damn good. Yeah. I mean, he can he can literally work with anybody. Like he like it's you true. can th- throw him up against any actor. Like you never feel. We were talking. I hate to keep dogging on backdraft, but one of <laughs> one of the things we talked about in our backdraft episode was that you've got William Baldwin against all these legends. I know. Like you can you never have to worry about throwing Woody Harrelson in with an actor yeah. and you don't think he he will live up to the expectation. Yeah. Like he he, can, he can go with anybody. Um but I mean so you've got um uh you know after he gets that nomination for the People vs. Larry Flint, he does Wag the Dog. He does Palmetto, which was like one of those mm-hmm. throwback 90s yeah, very erotic 90s thrillers. Movie. Yeah. Um you know, Thin Red Line. I know you probably hate that, but you know he plays it's okay. I mean, I think he's the I think he's the soldier who like blows his ass off like yeah. with a grenade. That's the one. Um, you know, he plays himself in Austin Powers, The Spider Shag Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he does a Spike Lee film, She Hate Me. He does. He plays the kind of lovable screw up in a Brett Ratner film called After the Sunset, where he uh-huh. is definitely not the lead next to Pierce Brosnan. Um, yeah. Then he does North Country, you know, uh, one yeah. of those one of those he, prestige. He still, gets, he still does that indie stuff, you know, because North Country, Prize Country, Prize Winner, Defiance, Ohio, you know, uh, he's got the little stuff. Prairie Home Campaign counts as an indie, but then he'll still show up for the you know for the 2012s and the No Country for Old Men's and Semi Pro counts as an A list level movie and 
seven sure. pounds because it was Will Smith following up Pursuit of Happiness, even though that movie bombed. And yeah, he like you said, he can hang with anybody. He can do any size of movie. And yeah, he he has the chops for He's, for a late career pick for me. Like at least, like the last five years, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with the Glass Castle. I know it's not the most mm. loved movie out there, but like I like his part. I know Viggo Mortensen kind of did it better with whatever the Living Off the Grid movie he did. But yeah, Mister re- Fantastic I, or something. Yeah, something like that. But I, I I like the way Woody did this. It's a it's a difficult part because he has to play, you know, an unlikable person who did his best to appear likable to his children but you know at the detriment of what kind of life he gave and brie larson can, can hang against what he is well, so i'm saying she's I, I like great naomi watts is in that yeah um like he's hanging with some good good actors in that well, you then, know it, i'm not a three billboards fan but you you put him in that cast with all those people he can hang uh three billboards i'd like i like it because of him uh yeah. mostly i i think because he he's brings, got a good part in that What's interesting about his role in Three Billboards is he's kind of like the middleman between like the super racist oddball Sam Rockwell and then the super Uh serious, sad Francis McDormand. And he's kind of this like, well, obviously he's a very sad character, too, because he kills himself. But uh, he kind of functions as this almost like if you think about it, as soon as he dies in that movie, like that's when everything starts to unravel. Like he's kind of holding things together as much as he can. Um, so there is that, but, and I know yeah. this, this is going to be cheating a little bit cause it's not a film, but I think it is almost a film for television. Kind of like, you know, some of these Disney plus series are now sure. where they're kind of like six hour films, but I mean, fucking true detective, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. just, Season I mean, one. I get it. Unbelievable. The fact that him and McConaughey who could be, two wacky surfers in one movie and then be Mm -hmm. these intense Mm -hmm. depressing dark neo-noirish southern gothic detectives just a fantastic performance by both of them mcconaughey gets all the attention but harrelson keeps that thing together you know like i i think personally um uh, here's another pick for you edge of seven edge of 17 have you seen that uh, I've seen bits and pieces. I've not seen the whole thing, but isn't he like the school teacher for the he, two of us here? He is. He is an English teacher in that, uh, and it makes me laugh because he is kind of he's more like you in the fact that he's got a lot of experience. Like yeah. I watched the film in my first year of teaching, and I was like, <laughs> "Is this what it's going to be like?" Like he plays this teacher who's he. You can tell he cares, yeah. but he's all. He's also like fuck this. I'm going to play a video today. Like he's very like, you know, uh, kind of beaten down by the system. He's been teaching for so long that he, he knows what boundaries to push and what not to push. And, you know, you're talking about, and this I think is my point about Woody, uh, that I'll make in a second is he's so natural with so many great actors. And in the edge of 17, uh, he is with a great actress, which is, uh, Haley Steinfeld. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly think she's a fantastic actor Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of like with three billboards, it's like you can rely on Woody. It's almost like, like in a football game, if there's a good referee, you never notice him. Uh, You only, you only notice a referee when they fuck up. Right. So with Woody Harrelson, it's like, yeah, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell win Oscars. He doesn't, 
you know, it's like you forget that like he's kind of just as good as them, but he's so reliable and he's just woody that I think sometimes we don't give him the props that he gets like like edge of 17 he is very much like the emotional core that he really guides that a Haley steinfeld character but what's going to happen is and deservedly so because he's a minor character in it Haley steinfeld gets all the attention you know like yeah i think a lot of these films i haven't seen all the hunger game films um you're, but you're some, not missing anything but the, <laughs> I, I, I saw the first one he's the best part of the first one he is the like, best part of the person. But he'll movie. never but who gets all the attention is Jennifer yeah, Lawrence. Jennifer and Lawrence, and yeah. maybe that's because she's bigger personality, sexier. But I think of all these movies that he's been in where someone else wins an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh and it frustrates me because it's like this guy is hey, making amazing yeah. work. You know? Um yeah, I I feel like he's the kind of guy who has has enough insider respect where the his his is coming. It'll mm-hmm. probably be for something not as good as the movies we're citing, but it'll be it'll be just due, and it'll be for something good enough, and we'll all look back and go, "Hey, the right guy after years of toiling and improving other people around him got his Oscar." It's a yeah. matter of time. His is coming. Now, I I, I want to know if you've seen this one. Um, okay, I, I was. This is actually a very bizarre film, and when I posted on Facebook that I watched it last year. People were like, I've never even heard of this. Have you heard of his film, his only directorial film called Lost in London? Have you heard of that film? No, but I'm clicking on it now to take a peek here. Tell me about Lost in London. All right. So Lost in London was this experimental idea. Um, So he filmed it live in London. And we're not talking about live in one room. He literally shut down entire parts of London and filmed a live action beat for beat live film that he broadcast live in theaters. Wow. So, so it was to him, as he says in the making of, it was essentially a stage performance that happens to take place in uh, one take. It is not, it's not 1917 with hidden cuts. You no. know, it's, it's not a Martin Scorsese where it's 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, or yeah, it's a hundred minutes. Yeah. It's a little around. It's literally a hundred minute one take live performance um, of of about his life, uh, something that truly happened to him. He um, he was he was doing a play in London. Um, he got drunk after the play, ended up like somehow like in a fivesome with a bunch of prostitutes got arrested he escaped from the cops he ran down the street drunk and naked he got put in prison he said he saw like an angel of willie nelson like (laughs) so he basically depicts that uh as kind of a like hey remember when i was this crazy you know it's Mm -hmm. kind of this weird dedication to his wife but to me, it's not only is it wonderfully acted because you're watching this guy go from he literally you you start the film out with him on stage performing a play. So you've got a whole theater full of extras. You're in a play. The camera follows him backstage. It follows him down streets. It follows him through discotheques, follows him in taxis, in the police station, like just the the amount of work that had to go into make this possible. And it was live. So it was broadcast mm-hmm. once. I mean, you can watch it now. Um, you can watch yeah. it on uh, like Amazon and you, you're getting that live performance, but you, you got to remember when you watch it, the context of it, you can't fuck up because this is a hundred straight minutes of one take. 
uh, and this is live and this is moving parts. You've got literally actors waiting down the street for an hour waiting for yeah their part. And it's flawless. It's a fantastic film. It's hilarious. It's heartbreaking. It's depressing. Uh, Owen Wilson shows up in it and him and Woody have the, have this fight about their careers. Like he talks about how, like there's a scene in there where Owen Wilson is like um, talking about his, uh, who's the guy he's always in the uh, Paul. Is it no Wes Anderson, right? He's on all Wes Anderson yeah. films. Yes, and is. Woody's like, I'm not in any of those fucking films. Cause they're just too precious. Like, and they have this big fight over it. Like, it's it's just a great film. It's very uh, it's very uh, aware of itself, um, but it's a technical marvel. I mean, just the, the performance to do it. So, I would highly recommend that one. Um, that is one of my picks for sure. You got well. We're getting to the later part of time here. Do you have anything that you would call kind of a dud? Or is there one you're like, you know what? He wasn't very good. At um. Well, like we talked about with Sigourney Weaver, and I'm sorry I'm dominating the Woody character, but he's he's, fine, li- he's literally like probably next to Harrison Ford and a couple other guys, like my favorite actor of all time. So uh, all I love right. him and everything. Um, there's certain movies, um, like he does pick some movies where you're like, I, I mentioned he, he, yeah. he's the best part of it, but yeah. they're not great. Like, let's see. I'm just looking at his most recent output. I'm let's thinking see. Like We've got seven psychopaths, you know? So, like... Well, not even that. Cause that's a little, that has a little bit of indie cred. Cause it was from the yeah, guy yeah. who did in Bruges, but um, like midway. Um, yeah. The hot, yeah. the highway men on Netflix, a fine film, but nothing spectacular. Yeah. Uh, he we're, is we're clear. Gonna say this with venom really soon. Like uh, venom, venom probably venom. solo. He's, he's the best part of solo. Like he is the best part of solo uh, for sure. You know, uh, War but the of the movie, Planet you're like, oh, what are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. War of the Planet of the Apes, and the Now You See Me films, the Hunger Game films. Yeah, you know, you're kind of like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, it doesn't like yeah, they don't cash your paycheck. Yep. Yeah, and that, and that's fine. 2012 is a great example. Like, that's you know, you know, Zombieland. I haven't actually seen the two Zombieland films, so Ooh, that's. I like, think you get as a Woody fan, you'll love it. Yeah, he looks he looks really fun in that, but. uh yeah, he he just has a, 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 a there is a bunch of stuff where you're kind of like, all right, uh, okay, interesting. Uh, anger management. He was in a terrible film with uh, yeah. Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. Um, uh, not a very good. Film. Play it to the bone is a movie where Ooh, it's it's it is completely saved by him in it. Him that's and Antonio again. Banderas have a very good uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Lolita Davidovich, who I never think gets yeah. enough credit. She's very good in it, but the movie is terrible um ed tv is an awful film but yeah his, his chemistry right. his chemistry with Matthew mcconaughey is excellent in it mm-hmm. um i mean i, I could just because it's a ron howard movie remember wink wink oh fuck he he did ed tv he did ed tv no wonder that movie blows all right See, um I'm full circle tonight look at that but uh yeah i mean uh, yeah wildcats was his first film so uh, like you said uh, his name was krasinski yeah. In Wildcats, but uh, yeah, I mean, some somebody somebody out there, some great casting agent, some great agent, or Oliver mm. Stone himself looked at that goofy, dumbass Woody on Cheers and said he's going to be natural born killers, and I think that just got the ball rolling. Uh, it did you know to make him a truly great actor? You know, and he's there. I mean, my goodness, look, I mean, I I cannot dispute. 
the the prolific work he's done and the business he does. And like mm-hmm. you said, high, low, he is not afraid to take a strong project. And, and outside of it, I, I have to tip my hat to the guy. I mean, he's a fantastic activist and, and person on, you know, he's a fantastic person outside of movies as well as he is inside movies. I, I like what I like the causes he fights for. I like the stances he takes. I mean, he, he's bold. He's bold and unique off screen as much as he, as he is on screen. And he currently has, I mean, he's got Venom, Let There Be Carnage coming out in a month from the time of this recording. He's got one, two, three films that are either in post-production or pre-production. He's got two TV series that are filming or in pre-production. He's playing Timothy Leary in a series called The Most Dangerous Man in America. And he's playing E. Howard Hunt in a series called The White House Plumbers. Um, oh. I don't. I know nothing about that. I'm assuming it has something to do with Nixon, maybe. Um, uh, with, yeah, sounds about but, right. But but uh, you know, I just uh, like I said, I will. Have I seen every Woody Harrelson film? Absolutely not. It's impossible. He's like Samuel Jackson. It's it's, it's nearly impossible. I mean, he's got 106 acting credits. Um, so I have not seen them all. However, when I go on my Letterboxed, uh, it makes sense that you know, the, the four most viewed actors in my life are Samuel Jackson, Harrison Ford, Woody Harrelson, and Robert De Niro. That's just, not bad. that's how it goes. Yeah. You know? I think De Niro's my number one. It's hard because De Niro's like you said, long and he's been in everything. So cool, man. Yep. This was a good talk on Woody. Love yeah. It. It, was, it was kind of a, uh, not much of a hissy fit and more of a William just talks about Woody Harrelson while Don listens <laughs> episode. Uh, you know what? I, I, I can't, those. I can't tell you how much I love Woody. I, I just think he's a, a fantastic, wonderful actor. I could talk about him all day. Go for it. <laughs> well, no, let's not go for it. Let's end the episode. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hit us with <laughs> so please follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile His Fits Podcast. Also find us both on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fits is a 25YL media podcast brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. If you enjoyed this show, we have more where that came from with interesting hosts and wonderful guests. All available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite shows. Thousands affected by Hurricane Ida urgently need support. Your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to donate to Hurricane Ida. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you. You know what they all say. Fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you. You love fantasy football. And you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates.